taking Mr. Brunken to the hospital this afternoon. I said it's not unexpected, you know, it's been a week since they really were, she was in, Mrs. Brunken was in palliative care and he said, but it's still hard, that's <laughs> still hard. 60, 64 years, isn't it, that they were married? 64 years, so it's, it's hard and I was talking to him earlier during the week about time that they met, how they met, how disciplined they were as non-believing people to do the right thing. And the Lord has blessed that. And um, I think they were writing for four years to each other and he wasn't willing to commit to marriage until he knew he was safely out of the army and the French Foreign Legion. And so he, he had that commitment. He said he turned up on the uh, doorstep when he did get back and knocked and Troidal's father or step? Stepfather came out. He's a policeman. Father. Yeah. And uh, father came out. Gerald said who he was. He shut the door on him. <laughs> then he opened it again to come in. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, he was just sharing. He remembers clear as day <laughs> all those things that way back then when they had so little. Matthew's Gospel. Chapter 23 for a little, a brief look. Public disputes. And as we keep on saying, as the Lord ministered and taught, things got, the people opposed to him got more hostile. Chapter 21, we see the crisis that occurred in their re really rejection of him and the causes and then the cases of disputes in chapter 22 and how he brought those parables forth speaking to them directly they understood he was talking to them and uh, now we come to the curses you see things are reaching a, a crescendo as it were and the Lord is cursing bringing these woes upon these people the anger of the Lord directed toward them verses 1 to 36 of chapter 23 and the anguish the Lord displayed in chapter 23, 37 to 39, and that will be, we might even take that sermon into the morning service. <laughs> oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, and um, preach on that in the morning service. But we see the anger of the Lord directed in verses 1 and following. Before we look at a few verses, let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for today. We do thank you for, again, the Ronkins testimony for Tridal's testimony I never had a bad word to say about anybody but Lord just loved and showed that toward all people a concern Lord we thank you that she's now in your presence absent from here present there and Lord we pray for Gerald particularly in, in this first night of not being able to be sitting with his beloved, that he would be strengthened. And Lord, as arrangements are made with family and friend, that you would get the glory. We pray for your blessing on the study tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> uh, 
the anger of the Lord directed. Jesus publicly condemns the Pharisees, and that's what we'll be looking at in a few verses here. In verse 1, chapter 23, Matthew, Then spoke Jesus to the multitude and to the disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore, whatever they bid you, observe. That observe and do, but do not after their works, for they say and do not. That can be a rebuke to us too, can't it? For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move with them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do to be seen of men, and they make broad the phylacteries and enlarge the borders of the garments. They love the upper, uppermost rooms at feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplace, and to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But be ye not called Rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And call no man your father upon earth, for one is your father who is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. What the Lord said here really signed his death warrant. The religious leaders were furious already having been publicly put in their place. As they came to attack him and they asked him questions. Remember the the different groups that came? There were the royalists, the Herodians set their trap. The rationalists, the Sadducees did their thing and questioned him. Then the religionists, the Pharisees came and tried to trick him. They, hire, they, they put a lawyer up, as it is in the scripture there. And each time, and no man durst ask him a, another question. That's what it says, because they just could not refute his wisdom and answers. So they were already upset. And now the Lord did this. Now, the Lord knows where he's headed. He's headed to the cross. This is the plan. And so here he's, we might say, provoking them to that end. He knew the path that was going to be trod. And so Jesus publicly condemns the Pharisees, their coveted position of honour, Moses' seat. Can you recall from anything you've read where Moses' seat is? Did, did you sit in that? Yeah. Oh, okay. We've done, yeah, that's right. On Monday night we have. Yeah, we've done that. Horizon in the temple. There's a Moses seat in an old destroyed um, meeting place synagogue up there, top of the dead, uh, top of the Sea of Galilee, a bit to the bit to the west. And you go in there, and it's all black rocks, and there's the foundations. And there is Moses seat, one of Moses seat, and it's just inside the door. As you go in the come in the door, it's on your right hand side, and it's a place where masters and rabbis would sit, and the, uh, in that seat and the people would sit around and learn from them as they taught. And so you get the picture of this. He said to the multitude, (laughs) they wanted this seat, they wanted Moses' seat. If you want Moses' seat, take Moses' responsibility. Doesn't the scripture give... Definite 
characteristics for the people that take teaching seats, pastoral seats? Does it not even in the New Testament set the bar pretty high? As you read there in the New Testament, for those that have leadership positions in the church, well, they wanted this to be exalting themselves. They wanted to sit in this seat to look important, as we've read tonight. So they coveted this position of honour. The scribes came about in Ezra's day. They weren't in existence prior to the captivity. And Ezra's back in the land with the people there. And so the scribes come in that day and they taught the returnees from the captivity in Babylon. They taught them Hebrew and they taught God's word. Nehemiah 8 and verse 1 to 8, you can read it in your time. <clears throat> but their myriad interpretations became a mixture of truth and error. If only they hadn't gone into the error. <laughs> it became known what their writings as the Talmud, the Talmud, and they still use that today, the rabbis over there. They had taken over the priest's position of teaching. They, cl they claimed to speak ex cathedra. Does that sound a bit familiar today? The Pope? Seat is cathedral. They commanded and expected to be honoured and obeyed. If you turn back to chapter 16 of Matthew and verse 11 and 12, we read, How is it that ye do not understand? They spoke not to you concerning bread, but that which should be where you should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Do I have to say it so plainly <laughs> to these? How come you don't understand? Then understood they that he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees and the scribes with them too. Beware of this. And the Lord had warned them, the people against the extra-biblical traditions that had been taught by these people that had developed into the Talmud. And the Lord, Lord drew a line back in Matthew chapter 23 and verse 3. He said this, All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe, and then the line, and, and do, but do not after their works, for they do, for they say and do not. There, a very personal instruction to each of us. There's God's word and man's tradition, humanism and spiritualizing truth. Be careful of it, believing and behaving. What did the Lord warn about there? In Scripture, let's go to First John chapter three and verse sixteen. Exactly what is said in verse three of chapter twenty-three. First John. We will, there's one in James as well, but plainly put here, chapter three, verse sixteen. By this perceive we the love of God, because He laid down His life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. That's come up quite a bit often in the last few and often in the last few months lay down our lives for the brethren but what whosoever hath this world's goods and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his 
vows of compassion from him. How dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and truth. That's exactly what the Lord was telling them back there. Don't, don't do what they do. They do nothing. But love in word and truth. And just back in the book of James, he says the same thing. James chapter 2 and verse 14. Let's behave what we believe. How many times have you been convicted about, that's what I teach. You see, a pastor or a teacher is teaching all the time and, and then you think, am I keeping up with my behaviour from what I say? Am I doing what I'm saying? James is very adamant about this. That's why Luther called it a book of straw. He thought it was all about works. No, works should follow salvation. Not the cart before the horse, not be prior to salvation. And here, chapter 2, verse 16. And one of you say unto him, I was a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food. Verse 15 to 16. One of you say to them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things that are needful to the body. What does it profit? Even so, faith, if it have not works, is dead being alone. <clears throat> there are people that have needs. Are we meeting their needs? There's unsaved people that are, remain in their unsaved state, headed to hell. Are we trying to meet their needs? There's Christians, there's elderly people that have needs. Are we endeavouring in any way to meet their needs? We live in a selfish society. And it's going to increasingly get worse. We need to realise there's people that have needs. And we need to try to meet those needs. Do a practical thing about it. Don't just say and talk about it and act spiritual like these Pharisees, but do something about it. They just coveted the position, but they didn't want the responsibility that goes with it. Don't be many teachers. The Bible says in James chapter 3 and verse 1, For they shall receive the greater condemnation if you teach and do not do. And don't follow these fools in their example of preaching it but not practicing it. Go to verse 4 now in Matthew 23. We see their coveted position of honour. They wanted that seat. <laughs> As a, preaching is the privilege of a pastor. Doing all the other work is what's needed. We might want to be up in the pulpit, but we need to be on the ground. All of us, labouring together, working together for the glory of God. Their carnal practice of hypocrisy, and this goes right down to verse 36, and we're not going there tonight for sure. They bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. And this is what the leaders desired, the ad <laughs> adherence of men. The adherence of men. You do what I say or else. <laughs> Lay on them grievous burdens. What do you think? Or who do you think of when you think of that? What religious organisation that lay grievous burdens on people to bear them, but they themselves won't bear them? Catholic. I really do think of them. <laughs> Endless regulations these people had. Um, <clears throat> for instance, here's some of them. I just jotted a few down. A distance walked on a Sabbath day, 900 metres. A tailor was not to carry a needle lest he be tempted to sew. 
A scribe was not to carry a pen lest he was tempted to write. They were not allowed to blow out a candle because that was work on the Sabbath day. They were not to drag a chair, that was work. They were not to look in... Oh, I don't know if we should clarify this as being ladies. I'm in trouble now. They were not, not to look in a mirror in case they... There's a hair out of place. Oh, no, that's work. You see, these are the hair-splitting things they got up to. And as they looked in the mirror, they would be tempted to pull out a grey hair. <laughs> It'd all have to come out. <laughs> but that, that's how they went. And you th Talmud. I haven't read the Talmud, but I, I think we'd put it down and say, forget it. Fancy going there with Christianity. It's not religion. It's not true religion at all. True religion. And none defiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless in their affliction and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. I love those words that James used. Hey, visit the fatherless and the widows. Keep oneself unspotted from the world. Any splotches that have come. That's what the Lord's table helps us to to clean things up and to ask for forgiveness. Another thing they weren't allowed to do was to put false teeth in. And I didn't, and I didn't think they had them back then, but apparently they did. And that was forbidden on a day, on the, on the, on the Sabbath. Intolerable burdens used for centuries to keep the people in adherence to them. And they had their watchmen looking out. They had people looking out in case somebody broke one of their laws. And you see, well, how far from the truth of God's word, from love and compassion? What did the Lord say? You fellas, I know what you get up to. If your animal falls into the pit, what do you go and do? You pull it out. You rescue it. And you, you are saying, I should not heal this man? Isn't a man more worth, worth more than an animal in a pit? Of course. And, you, and you've, you're on to my case because I've healed a man on the Sabbath day. Uh, let's not go where they, they went and write a new set of laws. We, we, can write, we can write a new set of laws, can't we, for living by. Yeah. It's up to you as individuals. You see, I'm probably not one that gets on people's cases, but I, I am concerned about people's uh, behaviour, dress, uh, music, uh, these sort of things. I am concerned. But God has to convict you about those through the preaching of his word and through daily experience. And you have to come to understanding it's right and wrong. Man tells you to do it, you have to keep it by a man looking at you. But if you keep it because you love God, then you'll keep it. <laughs> they not only like the adherence of men to their laws, but they love the admiration of men in verse 5. But all their works they do to be seen of men and make broad the phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments. Phylacteries, leather-covered cases with small scriptural scrolls inside. And you can read in the Old Testament about them. They're worn on the left arm or forehead. Go over to Israel and have a look at them. <laughs> and become regarded as amulets and charms. Matthew chapter 6, back in Matthew chapter 6 and verses 1 to 4, we read this. Take, take heed 
that you do not your arms before men to be seen by them. Otherwise you have no reward of your Father who is in heaven. Therefore when thou dost thine arms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Remember we're looking at the thought in verse 5 of chapter 23 that these people look for the admiration of men. (laughs) And this is why they did their work, their Christian religious work. They have their reward. Verse 3, But when thou doest thine arms the good deeds, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doth, that thine arms may may be in secret, and thy father who seeth thee in secret shall reward thee openly. And so... The admiration of men, they're after that. They do all their works to be seen. They do all their arms to be seen of men. And what they wear. And it's, it's like, a, it's like a, uh, when you go to Israel now, it's like looking at a fashion parade. Here comes the Russian Orthodox. And here comes the other Orthodox. And here comes Rabbi such and such. <laughs> and they, just, they all dress the same. And they do their things, their hats, and make a difference. The way they wear and what they wear. <clears throat> Admiration of men. Folks, you say, oh, I'd never do that. Don't we? How often do you have to pull yourself up and say, I'm doing this to be seen? I'm doing this to be seen of men. And it happens from the youngest of age. Um, the third thing we find here, under the, what the leaders desired, adher- had adherence of men, admiration of men, and the advancement of men. Verse 6. And they love the uppermost rooms at feast and the chief seats in the synagogues. You can all see them vibing for that position, up near the top table. They desired the uppermost rooms, the chief seats. Look at Luke chapter 14 and what he said in verses 7 to 11. Luke 14, 7 to 11. You know, I don't know, but I, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> maybe I don't do, do a good self-evaluation, but I, I would love, I love sitting with the people that do the work, not in the seat of authority. I remember years ago, and so most of you uh, weren't there, and some of you were, <laughs> at Murrindindi, Murrindindi campsite, and we had a tree planting day. Was anyone there? Yes, yeah, okay. There's a few there. Maybe I shouldn't say what I'm going to say. <laughs> but everybody was out there planting trees and, you know, choose your tree, choose where you want to plant it. In fact, if, if you go past there again, a lot of those trees grew, you know, <clears throat> because we, we sold it not long, not many years after we did the tree planting day. <clears throat> but there were certain people that loved to have the seat of authority. And when they were driving around, they, had, they, they, they didn't live at camp, so it wasn't Tony. Huh. It wasn't his family. And they were driving around the camp telling everybody what to do. But everybody had been told, just go and plant your tree. And it, it got under people's skin <laughs> that they would do that and exercise that authority. And it's happened at Crystal Creek too. <laughs> the same sort of thing. I'd rather just be digging a hole to plant the tree, not telling everyone to put, where to put their tree. <laughs> You know, there is a choice. There's free will, both in salvation and in service, and you have to answer to God for it. But these people wanted control. 
the advancement of men. We go into chapters 14 and verse 7, won't we? And in Luke, that's in Luke. And we read, And he put forth a parable to those that were bidden when he marked how they chose out the chief, what? Rooms, seats, saying unto them, When thou art bidden to any, by any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honourable man than thou be bidden of him. And he that bade thee, and, and him that came and say to thee, Give this man place, go down a seat, and begin with shame to take the lowest room. But when thou art bidden, go sit in the lowest room, that when he that bade thee cometh, he may say unto thee, Friend, go up a higher seat, as it were. Then shalt thou have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. There's good advice, isn't it? <laughs> meet with the humble. Fellowship with the humble. Find out how their life is doing. Ask them. Look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. And it's surprising what you might learn from those humble people that are willing to dig the dirt, <laughs> to, to serve down in the gravel pit. Go to the Apostle John, who at 90 was still breaking rocks with a sledgehammer. <laughs> Get banished to the Isle of Patmos, where there were mines. And hear him speak of humility opposite to these characters now the adulation of men they also wanted way out of time that comes under what the leaders desired I don't think that's in the outline I thought it was too much to put in there but the adherence of men the admiration of men the advancement of men and next time we get together Lord willing the adulation of men verses 7 to 12 let's pray thank you Lord for the example that you have set of taking a towel and girding yourself and serving. And happy is the man that does these things. Not only hears about them. Happy is the man, not the one that gives the orders, but the one that sits in the lowest seat. And one day, Lord, we may be given the position of Moses' seat in teaching. In the millennium, we know not of all the positions that Christians will have in helping in the future. Lord, thank you for your great example. May we follow that as you have set the pattern and humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and he may exalt us in due time. And to God be all the glory for the humble servants that are in the church meeting the needs of other people before their own. We ask and pray your blessing upon us and help us to get things right in the right perspective as we minister to people for your glory in Jesus name Amen